like these songs, don't you? And just uh, precious uh, messages here in song. Um, when we get uh, to the new year, I've had several that have questioned about being baptized. And so we're going to uh, get the baptistry ready to go here. And uh, when we, as we come into the new year, that will be such a blessing. And uh, I, I was looking tonight as I came in, and I thought something looks different up here at the, the, the pulpit and the auditorium. And I, and I just realized we don't have all the decorations up there. And uh, I'm, I'm very observant here. And uh, so just uh, if you didn't notice decorations are not here, I, I point that out to you. But uh, uh, wasn't that a blessing? Just a lot of work went into that. Luke chapter 2, would you stand with me as we read together the Word of God? Let me ask you to help me tonight, and let's read this together. I want to pick up here in verse number 8, and let's just uh, join in. All of us read together. Luke chapter 2 beginning at verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And we'll stop there at that verse. If you'll join me tonight, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we need his help tonight, as always, and that he might be our teacher here this evening. Father, we thank you uh, for this evening. Thank you for this precious, true account in the Word of God as to that night, that special night, as you entered into this world as a human being. And Lord, how you, uh, and in all of that, uh, just... Uh, came and brought peace into this world and what a blessing Lord you've given unto us and I pray here tonight <clears throat> as we open up your word uh, that you would teach us guide us give us truth tonight that we can build upon give us truth that will transform our hearts and lives thank you already that you've met with us been such a precious joy to sing these songs tonight we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus amen and you may be seated as you're seated, just a couple of thoughts here by way of introduction. I'm, I'm thinking as I read through this uh, passage, this is, uh, by the way, my, my favorite passage of Scripture dealing with the, the birth of Christ in the New Testament. I've always I loved this account here of the shepherds as they're watching uh, their fields. And we're going to look here tonight at a Christmas uh, celebrated by shepherds. But the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4 uh, describes this event and it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. 
Now, if you study the, the Old Testament prophecies and, and you look at the fulfillment of those prophecies, there's only one window of time in all the history of the world in which the Messiah could enter into the world. And it was that very window of time, the fullness of time, when the Lord Jesus Christ entered into this world. Now, we know this because of prophecies in the book of Daniel. And if you follow those prophecies in the book of Daniel, uh, had you been an alert student of the Word of God, you would have known the very time that the Messiah was going to enter into this world. Uh, when the fullness of time uh, came, God sent an angel, uh, Gabriel, uh, to Mary and Mary the chosen vessel that would bring the Messiah into the world and it would fulfill the scripture that the seed of the woman uh, would bruise the head of the serpent and this was that virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the seed of the woman and yet the seed of God. Now there was only one place uh, in all of this world in which the Messiah could be born and that place was Bethlehem. And that fulfilled the prophecy of Micah chapter 5 and verse number 2. And God then used the decree. We read about this in the first part of, of Luke chapter 2. If you'll look uh, there with me, verse number 1. God used the decree from an un unknowing king uh, to bring about this very location of this birth. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And you think about this, Caesar Augustus at this time was the most powerful man in all of the world. And yet Caesar Augustus had no idea that he was fulfilling uh, the prophecy of one far more powerful than he would ever be. And that he would fulfill the prophecy of the birth of this Messiah coming into the world and that one day he himself will bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll notice in verse 3, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. In verse number 4, and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And you think about this, only God, in his wisdom and in his foreknowledge, only God could bring about miraculously all the fulfillments of these prophecies. In the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, over 300 prophecies were literally fulfilled to the very detail, a very minute detail. And we see some of that right here in this portion of Scripture. And God used even wicked kings and unknowing kings to bring about all of the miraculous fulfillment of prophecy. Now that birth we know changed history. This birth changed the course of mankind. Uh, this uh, birth uh, changed my life because that birth entailed not only the birth of Christ, uh, but it entailed the death of Christ as we heard in our Christmas program and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the ascension of Christ and the coming again of Christ and all of that, that none of it would have been possible had it not been this first part uh, taking place. Uh, God himself entered into human realm. Uh, Emmanuel, God became man. It's the most important birth that has ever taken place. It's the only begotten Son of God. It was the King of Kings. It was the Lord of Lords that entered the world that night. Yet He entered the world through a physical birth, came as a baby. 
And he was born to a poor family from a despised race. He was not born in settings of luxury, not even a comfortable setting, not even the inn, because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, he was born amongst the animals out in the stables, uh, laid in a manger. And his birth was such that uh, some would have accused it to be illegitimate. As you look at the background, this birth was not witnessed to, uh, by or proclaimed by kings. Uh, it was in a secluded area of a secluded town, in a secluded nation that uh, the Lord chose to make his entry into this world. Uh, of all people, uh, the birth was proclaimed to the poor, to the shepherds, to humble shepherds. That's what I like about this passage of Scripture. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ identified with ordinary people. Everyday people, people like you and I. Uh, he was proclaimed to these shepherds as they're out in the field, as they're watching their flocks, as they're going about their duty. And it seems they were the first to make their way to the Savior that night and witness the miracle that had taken place that very night. Now, I, I want to just break down this passage of Scripture that we read this evening and give three little details of this passage of Scripture. You can uh, kind of look at this outline uh, from verse 8 through verse number 20, and you'll see this outline uh, making, uh, making its way through the Scripture, and it's got a lot of neat information for us. Uh, first of all, there's the heavenly vision. We have here God's messenger, verse number 8, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Now, you try to picture this, this scene. And I've thought about this multitudes of times. Just this quiet uh, evening, this quiet night. Uh, the shepherds uh, doing their duty, watching their sheep. And uh, perhaps as they're watching the sheep and guarding the sheep by night, they're, uh, they're out by a fire, I don't know, and fellowshipping out there in the open and uh, the shepherds filled just a beautiful location. We had the privilege of uh, looking and seeing this location when we traveled to Israel. Just a beautiful location. In fact, it was a special memory from that location. We were up on a, up on a hill and uh, our guide was describing that field below and uh, that this was most likely the, the field where Samuel came to anoint David as the king and David had to be retrieved uh, and Samuel then would take the oil and anoint and, and this would have been the field that uh, most likely was the, uh, the field where the sheep for the temple uh, were kept and the temple sheep uh, would have been kept uh, there in this field. And so we're up on this hill, we're looking down upon that field and as he's describing this field, all of a sudden, there comes a shepherd from behind a little building. And we're watching, it was uh, maybe a couple of hundred yards, but we saw that shepherd just walk out. And as that shepherd walks out, then there are the sheep that come trailing that shepherd. And it was such a precious event, and our tour guide says, wow, look there. He said, here as I'm describing, there it is. There's the shepherd. There's the sheep. And it was just uh, as if on cue that that took place. And what a blessing uh, we had that day. And I thought about this particular night as shepherds are watching their fields. That quiet, beautiful evening. Without warning, they're about their business. And suddenly the angel appeared. And the glory of God shone round about them. And you can imagine, no wonder, the Bible says they were sore afraid, and you would be too. 
Uh, had you had that sense of the glory of God just suddenly appearing in the sky? And then here is that messenger giving God's message in verse number 10. The angel said unto them, fear not. Uh, the angel was coming as a friend, not as a foe, not as an enemy. And the birth then announced, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And God dispatched this messenger from heaven uh, to bring this message, which was directed to all of the world. This was an ambassador, we might say, of peace. This ambassador comes to these shepherds uh, to bring this message from God, this message of peace that would be for all of the world. In verse number 11, uh, For unto you, the angel proclaims, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now that event had been prophesied hundreds of years previously. We read the prophecies out of the book of Isaiah. Uh, the prophecies that were given directly unto Ahaz, the king, a wicked king, who did not deserve this message, uh, to a people that were at war, a people that were living in idolatry, away from God and under the judging hand of God. And it was to that people that Isaiah was dispatched to give the message. And that message was to be a sign which would be for God's people. A sign is given. Verse number 12. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Uh, Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. I don't think it's by accident that the angel proclaimed this shall be a sign unto you. Uh, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, shall call his name Emmanuel. And God was fulfilling his promised sign, and he's giving that message to these shepherds. And so we have God's message from God's messenger, and then we have God's music. I would love, to have experienced this. And I think we're going to get to in heaven. In fact, we're, we're going to hear this music in heaven. And I think we'll pull up a big screen TV and we'll see this particular event as well. You notice here this music in verse number 13. It says, and suddenly, I, I like this. We have one angel proclaim the message, but now suddenly uh, we have heaven opened. And those shepherds are now given a glimpse into regions beyond, into the heavenly realm. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God. Uh, I think of Revelation chapter 5, where it gives us a scene from heaven. And in Revelation chapter 5, we read that there are people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue upon the face of this planet that are in heaven around the throne with all the multitude of the heavenly host. And there in heaven, they're singing and worshiping and praising the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And they're praising the one who is worthy. And here that night, as heaven is open, these shepherds witness that scene into heaven as the angels are praising the Lord. They're singing, praising multitudes of this heavenly host. Uh, they sing in verse 14, glory 
glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And I think this would have been the most beautiful music. And I started to say the most angelic music. And it was angelic music. These were angels singing, proclaiming uh, this glorious message of praise from heaven. And here God is offering peace to this world. And heaven opened as this message of peace is, goes, goes forth. Uh, God, through that child, extending a hand of peace uh, to man who has been at war with God. Now, I, I don't think we can ever comprehend the extent of, of that message of peace. Uh, just imagine a, a great nation, many soldiers, many weapons, much wealth. And suddenly this great nation is attacked by a very poor nation with few soldiers, little wealth, and few weapons. Now that would be foolish, wouldn't it, for this small nation to attack this great nation, and you would think that that small nation would be obliterated. But now just imagine as this small nation attacks this large nation, now this large nation sends ambassadors of peace. We want to make peace with you. You want war. You declared war against us. But we're offering you peace. Now that's a crude illustration uh, to a far greater detail. Man has been at war with God. And in that war, it's not God that declared war upon man. It was man that declared war upon God. It was man that rebelled against God. Uh, and God, the Almighty, in a moment of time with one word, could speak that word and man would be obliterated. The Lord Jesus Christ could have called legions of angels from the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ could have spoken the word and destroyed this world. And yet God, this mighty God, almighty God, the creator of the world, sent ambassador, an ambassador of peace to this world. It's beyond our comprehension how God reached down to man. That's the heavenly vision. Then we have the hasty voyage. Read with me verse number 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And by the way, the shepherds filled not far from Bethlehem. It's just there in the near vicinity. Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. Okay, they did not delay. They came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. These shepherds were wise, wouldn't you say? Uh, they heard the message. Uh, they believed that message. And they were wise to go to Jesus. And you think about this, they left their job. They left the job of watching the sheep. And uh, they would trust those sheep into the care of the Lord. And so they left that job and they were wise not only to go, but they were wise to go immediately. 
to see those things, there's no doubt in their mind that what has been proclaimed to them, they've, they've witnessed heaven open, they've witnessed a miracle. And so in their mind, there's no hesitation, there's no doubt, this is truth. Uh, the Lord has made known this to us. They did not go and state, let's go and see if this really be the case. No, they said, let's go in haste, uh, with haste, and see uh, what the Lord has proclaimed to us tonight. They were wise to go, letting no time escape, uh, immediately making their way to the scene, to the uh, fulfillment of the words that God has given unto them. Their journey was rewarded, and they found it just as the Lord had proclaimed. They find, found the child uh, just as angels had promised. I think about it, and we can learn a lot from that, just that little piece right there. Uh, for every need, it's wise to make our way to Jesus, isn't it? Salvation. Today is the day of salvation. It never does the Lord tell us to put off salvation to another day. He tells us to come to Him. Uh, when we need strength, it's wise to go to the Lord. When we need help, wise to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Encouragement, direction, forgiveness, wise. I, I, I think in one, one of the, I, I think one of the, uh, craziest scriptures that I, that I read in the Bible about Pharaoh. His kingdom is infiltrated with frogs. Frogs everywhere. The kneading troughs, frogs in the bedrooms and the kitchens and the closets and everywhere you go, frogs, frogs everywhere. And Pharaoh calls and says, uh, Moses, would you pray that God would remove the frogs? And Moses said, yes, I will. When shall I pray? He says, Tomorrow. Put it off another night. And so often that's the case. These shepherds did not wait till tomorrow. They came with haste. They went immediately. Today is that day to come to Jesus. And then as they witnessed this event, and you'll read again verse 16, they came with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Then we come to the next portion of Scripture, and we're going to call this simply the humble voices. See, these shepherds proclaim the, sh the Savior, verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. See, that's what salvation will do for you. They, these, these shepherds witnessed something, they couldn't hold it in. They had heard the, the vision, the, the, seen the vision from heaven. They heard the angels. They, they went with their own feet, witnessed with their own eyes the very scriptures that had been promised and prophesied years before. They witnessed that, but they couldn't keep it inside. And they had to tell what had happened. You can't keep in salvation. You can't keep Jesus to yourself. You can't know him and hide him away. You see, when you know the Lord, you can be a secret disciple for a while, but it can't stay inside for long. It's kind of like Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah said he, he was facing persecution. He said, I, I determined I was just going to shut my mouth and not say anything more. But then he, he says the word of God was a fire, and I couldn't hold it in, and I had to proclaim it. And that's what meeting and knowing Jesus is to you. You've got to tell somebody about the Lord. So the shepherds proclaimed the Savior. You read in verse number 20, the shepherds.
praised the Savior. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Uh, I'm just thinking here that this Christmas, that ought to be our job. If you've met the Lord, ought to be your job to proclaim Him. And if you met the Lord, ought to be your job to praise Him. This Christmas, we can do what the shepherds did. This Christmas, we can come to Jesus, and we ought to, and we'll always find Him true to His word and true to His promises. If we'll just take Him at His word, we'll be like the shepherds. We'll find it exactly as the Lord said it was. We'll find that if you call upon Him, He'll save you. You'll find that if you confess, He'll forgive you. You'll find that if you'll cast your care upon Him, He'll carry it for you. And so you'll find it just as the Lord said it would be. And like the shepherds, we'd be good and wise to come to Him. And we can proclaim Jesus. A lost world needs to hear that message. And a lot of times we think about the Christmas season, it becomes so uh, commercialized that we lose the very purpose for which we worship and proclaim the Lord. And I would just encourage you to proclaim Jesus. You know, the United States, as you think about it, and you know this, is more and more turning towards paganism. Lost world wants to do away with Jesus. The name of Jesus is offensive. I heard just today that many of the new Christmas toys are actually demonic in nature. And one of the, the high-selling toys this particular Christmas is, uh, uh, has to do with casting spells and teaching kids how to cast spells upon others. And that's, isn't that horrible? That here is Satan infiltrating the message with a pagan message. And so our job is to proclaim Jesus, to uplift Jesus. A world that doesn't want to hear Jesus needs to hear of Jesus. And that's our calling. And we can praise Jesus. And when we have met him and experienced that he's real like the shepherds, we can praise him. And you can't keep it to ourselves. And his praise ought to go forth out of our lips and out of our life. And that ought to be our job this Christmas. I, I'm just going to challenge you uh, those three things this Christmas. First of all, come to him. I, I want to encourage you as you have family time. Take some time to pray. Take some time to read these stories. Take some time to come to Jesus. Take some time to cast your cares before you. And I want to encourage you this Christmas to take some time to tell somebody about him. Tell somebody how you met him, how you came to him, how you found the word to be just exactly as he said it would be. And then take some time around your family and around your altar just to praise the Lord. Uh, take some time just to sing praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. See if you can duplicate these heavenly angels. See if you can sing like they can. You can't, but try it, okay? Uh, try it. Just do your best and have a good time singing and see if you can't practice like the angels because if you're saved, then one day you're going to get to sing with them. Amen. One day we're going to, as we mentioned, Revelation chapter 5, we're going to gather around the throne and we're going to spend eternity singing praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's coming quickly here upon us. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.